Yeah, so, and I, I love the comment about Louisa, because the idea, the sermon today is titled Holy Kerfuffle. So um, we, we try and do everything well and everything, we have great hopes and expectations, but things don't always go the way that we hope or plan or anything. Um, I was actually listening to the radio a few weeks ago, and Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne were on, talking about Christmas, which, you know, that was an interesting, for those of you who know who uh, Ozzy and Sharon Osbourne are. And um, Sharon said, you know, everybody has the best of intentions coming to Christmas, and everybody's putting everything aside and forgetting the past and coming in with the best of expectations and intentions, and after about 30 minutes, the crazy comes out, right? Uh, or something goes wrong, or the casserole falls on the floor, or whatever it might be. I mean, the news just after Christmas, a Kentucky man is arrested after allegedly throwing a Christmas ham at a woman amid a heated discussion last Sunday. He threw a Christmas ham at her. David D. Brannon, age 21, was charged with fourth-degree assault. Just so you know, if you throw a ham at somebody, that's fourth-degree assault. Um, probably a little more salt than just that. Um, a four, th thank you. <laughs> fourth-degree assault after an argument over what day the family was having Christmas dinner. Brandon threw items at the female victim, including the ham that was scheduled to be eaten for dinner. Wow, right? No, I want it on Tuesday night. No, I want it on Wednesday night. <laughs> now there's the Christmas spirit. Um, sometimes our best plans become a kerfuffle, right? Uh, so before I go on, I want to take a little step back into this Advent devotional that we've been doing called I Am Mary, and um, it's been really a fascinating read for me because I Am Mary is all about writing from Mary's perspective the Advent story. And one of the things that struck me that I thought about bringing up on Christmas Eve but thought it was a little more than um, we needed to talk about was the idea of the curse of Eve and the birth of Jesus. In Genesis chapter three, Adam, Eve, and the serpent rebel against God, and after the rebellion, God gives them their consequences, or their curses. And to Eve was given the consequence, I will greatly increase your pain in childbirth. In pain you shall bring forth children. Can I get an amen from the mothers in the congregation? <laughs> My mom was the loudest one. Um, so it was a curious thought to me as, I, as we were reading this Advent devotional about I Am Mary, and she talked so much about uh, the pain of childbirth and labor and those sorts of things, that Mary endured the pains of labor when she gave birth to Jesus. And so Jesus came into the world through the curse you ever thought of it that way before? Jesus came into the world through the curse, if the curse was increased pain in childbirth. 
Later in the New Testament, Paul talks about the first Adam and the second Adam. The first Adam being the Adam of Genesis, the second Adam being Jesus. Uh, and as I see the two, the first Adam came into the world through grace. He was without sin. Uh, and then the second Adam came into the world through the curse. The first Adam brought about the curse because of his rebellion and sin. And the second Adam, Jesus, brought about mercy and grace because of his humility and obedience. Fascinating kind of dichotomy there that I've been going through. So it's something to ponder, something to think about, a little theological depth for us all to consider during this season. Now, let's get back to the holy kerfuffle. When a baby is born into a family, what happens? It's a kerfuffle, <laughs> right? Your whole life gets changed, right? You might think, oh, I'm just gonna keep going the way I'm going. I've, I love Nora McIntyre. I've never understood women who give birth because when they do, they, uh, they change their whole life and everything changes. And I'm, when I have a child, I'm just gonna go right back to work two weeks after the birth and I'll be fine and everything will be back to normal and I'm not gonna let this child change my life. Then she had a child. And all of a sudden, her posts on Facebook have all changed to, I now understand why mothers have gone, changed their whole lives. Uh, as a pastor, one of the joys that I have is to visit families and couples when they have a brand new baby. I love it. Um, I remember a couple years ago going to visit the Rutherfords and holding brand new Clayton in my hands in the uh, hospital room. Uh, Andrea Flores, when she gave birth, um, to go and be with her and Eddie on uh, the birth of their second child. And, you know, parents can be a little nuts about their kids, right? I mean, for those of you that have kids, do you remember that first child driving home from the hospital? People on the freeway are crazy! They're driving the way they've always driven, probably the way you drive normally, but when you have a, this little grommet in the back seat, grommet, sorry, that's my language, uh, this little baby in the back seat, infant, days old, you're like, gosh, so protective and so concerned. I remember when we got home with my son, Hawk, um, the dog wasn't ready. We tried to prepare the dog. We had conversations with the dog. We let the dog rest its head on the pregnant, stomach, all those things, but when we got home, I went down to the car to get some things, and all of a sudden, Hawk's mom started yelling, Lance! And the dog was snarling at this little moving creature on the bed, like, who are you and what are you doing in my house? Uh, it was a little bit of a kerfuffle there. Um, and then, you know, people, people want to visit babies. And, you know, does it just surprise you sometimes how comfortable strangers are walking up and touching a baby? I mean, you're holding a brand new baby, a week old, and people are like, oh, how cute. And you're like, have you washed those hands? What are you, what are you doing? I mean, people in the grocery store. Um, when Hawk was just little, a woman at the, my former church um, came up and wanted to hold him. She like reached out her hands like that. And, 
And he was just little, and he did this. Like wrapped his, started choking me around the neck. And I was like, I'm sorry, he's not comfortable. And she said, I don't care, give him to me. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I, I'm not gonna do that. And she's like, well, you're making me uncomfortable by not doing that. And I said, well, I'd rather make, my, make you uncomfortable than my baby uncomfortable. And she let me know how I was paid and who paid the bills and all of those things. And uh, yeah, she was a bit odd. Um, but babies coming into your life creates a holy kerfuffle, right? Uh, it's a commotion, it's a fuss. And the night that Jesus was born, it was a particular kerfuffle because there's a bunch of shepherds out just doing their regular shepherding types of things out on the side of a hill and all of a sudden an angel shows up, scares the bejeebers out of them. That's what scripture says, that's my translation. Scared the bejeebers out of them. And then all of a sudden this multitude of angels and they start calling out glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all who uh, God favors. Wow, talk about a kerfuffle. And then talk about, now, I don't know if you, have you ever really thought about this? Mary's in the stable, Jesus is in the manger, and all of a sudden a bunch of dirty, smelly, unclean shepherds walk up, hey, here you have a baby. Wouldn't you be going, uh, yeah, just stay outside. But scripture seems to indicate that they were telling everybody in Bethlehem about this, this experience that they had. Um, the night that Jesus was born, it was a holy kerfuffle. Um, and what made it holy? God was in the midst of it. Sometimes kerfuffles throw us off, get us confused and dazed, but sometimes God is in the midst of those kerfuffles, right? And what was Mary's response? It wasn't, get out of here. It wasn't, what are you doing? It wasn't, hey, I don't know you, you're strangers. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. I love that verse. Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Don't you love that? If we could just spend a little more time treasuring moments, even the kerfuffle moments, and take time to ponder them in her heart, I believe we would enjoy life more and we would trust God more. To look at it another way, sometimes God is up to holy mischief. Uh, we had a guy come and visit the church about a month and a half ago. His name is Brent Southcombe, and he used that phrase, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. So here's the backstory. We've been talking to a group uh, called Northeast of the Well for a couple of years now. Northeast of the Well is a ministry to people who have just come out of incarceration, have come out of jail. It started several years ago. A woman that we know, a friend of ours, um, got a call from a judge and said, I know that you have this past, this background, and I'm wondering, I have three women 
who have been in prison for several years. They started going to Bible study in prison. They have come to know the Lord. They have a strong faith. I'm afraid when they get out of jail, they're going to go down the path that they were previously on. They need a fellowship, a ministry, where they can study the Bible and strengthen their faith. Would you mind meeting with them once a week and having a Bible study and praying with them? So she said, sure. Started having these three women come to her apartment. After a while, those three women became about 25 women, all out of jail, primarily from prostitution, some with addiction issues. Too big for the apartment. They contacted the local church. The church said, yeah, you can use one of our rooms. They started meeting in one of these rooms, started serving dinner once a week, 100 people. They said, well, this is working well. They started a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and they started another one in Long Beach, up to 100 people. Started another one in Anaheim, up to 100 people. Now they want to start one in Santa Ana, which makes sense. We're perfectly located for that. So they were asking us here at First Press, would you mind hosting this ministry once a week? We would serve dinner, we would have a program for the adults and ministry for the children. Would you be interested? We said we love that idea. That's one of the reasons we stayed downtown Santa Ana, because of the location. Now comes Brent Southcombe. Brent is the head chef for a ministry called Open Gate International. They focus on people who have been in human trafficking and other exploited uh, situations, and they train people to become um, successful in this world. And so they have started a culinary organization um, training individuals to become chefs. Uh, so they, um, they bring them in, they train them, they teach them how to prepare meals, uh, and they send them out into the world. Here's the thing, they have a 100% um, placement. Every single student that graduates from their program ends up in a restaurant. They have uh, schools all over the nation. They're just opening offices on Fairview in Santa Ana. And they came to us and said, we'd like to use your kitchen to start feeding people once a week in order to um, have an, what he called an incubator. I call it a lab. Um, for people to be able to cook uh, and learn how to cook for large groups of people. And they said, we thought we could feed the homeless here maybe once a week. And I said, you know, we work with the courtyard. The courtyard serves three meals a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. For us to serve a meal to the homeless doesn't really make sense. We're really trying to encourage people to go to the courtyard. But we have this new organization that wants to partner with us, and they serve meals. How would you like to serve meals to a group of women who have come out of jail, um, out of prostitution, and 
addiction. How do you feel about that? Brent said, I feel God is up to some holy mischief. <laughs> so not only is this a win-win situation, but it's a win-win-win situation because not only are they able to have this opportunity to serve and prepare meals for people who really need them, but the clientele who comes to Northeast of the Well are exactly the sort of people that they're reaching out to to train to become chefs. And so it's a win, win, win all the way around. Or as C.S. Lewis might say, Aslan is on the move. So a holy mischief is happening, or as I might say, a holy kerfuffle. And how am I responding? I'm treasuring up all these things and pondering them in my heart. God is working. God is doing some exciting things. So I ask you, pray. Northeast of the Well and Open Gate Ministries, pray for these. Tomorrow night, Northeast of the Well is holding their first meeting, New Year's Eve. They're doing it here in McFarland Hall. This is kind of a launch for them. And they're encouraging lots of people to come as an alternative uh, New Year's Eve celebration. Then on January 16th, they will begin meeting weekly here on Wednesday nights. So be praying for them and hoping that Open Gate will then work with them in preparing meals for them. Uh, pray for that gathering. Uh, it may cause a little kerfuffle here. It might displace us a little bit. It might be uncomfortable. Some of the people from uh, Northeast of the Well came to Presbytery about a year ago, and it was a little bit of a kerfuffle because they dressed differently than most of the people at Presbytery and had more tattoos than most of the pastors at Presbytery. Uh, but the thing is, God was in the midst of that. God is in the midst of that. That makes it a holy kerfuffle. And then start looking at the kerfuffles in your own life. The stuff that you thought, I had it all planned, it was all gonna go this direction, it was gonna happen this way, and suddenly it went all sideways. And rather than griping and moaning about that, start asking yourself, how is God in the midst of this? How is God in the midst of this kerfuffle? Perhaps, just perhaps, he might transform those kerfuffles into times of glory and exaltation as he did on the night Jesus was born. Let's pray. Loving God, I thank you so much for how you act in our lives. It's not always the way we want or expect or intend, and yet we recognize that you are in the midst of all the activities of our lives. Help us to recognize your presence. Remind us that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us. You are with us, even in the midst of the craziness of life. Help us to give you praise, give you glory, give you thanks, and trust you in the future when things seem to go sideways. Um, bless us as we go from this place. May we continue to uh, bring praise and glory to you, just as the angels uh, shared that first uh, Christmas season giving you glory and uh, bringing peace on earth to all. 
Help us to be those kind of messengers in the world today, bringing glory to you and peace to others. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus.